0: British Columbia's premier designate, David Eby, says he will focus on making the province a better place to live after he is sworn in as premier in November. In his first 100 days as premier, Eby says he wants to expand available and affordable housing, uh, create safer communities, uh, redirect fossil fuel subsidies um, to clean energy, and improve access to healthcare. He said this will require partnerships with all levels of government, uh, First Nations and service providers. Uh, outgoing BC Premier John Horgan also said he's throwing his full support by an EB as the next Premier of British Columbia. Mr. Horgan spoke to our Simi Sarah this morning. Take a listen.
1: What government is all about, Simi, is events, the things that happen to you along the way. Certainly uh, my five years has been very busy in that regard, but you have to keep pushing your agenda of the issues that you campaigned on, but the public looks at how you respond to the crises as they emerge, and we had our share over the past five years, but all governments do, uh, regardless of uh, political stripe, and uh, my advice to David and, and the team is to continue to listen to your neighbours, your community. We have uh, such a diverse caucus now that represents more women than men, the first time ever that a government in Canada has had more women in their caucus than men, and, and I think that that, uh, that will be here to stay and that's a good thing that now represents the the breakouts of the demographics of community and so I my advice is to keep listening and always focus on uh, the needs of people
0: now it is expected EB will be sworn in uh, in early November Uh, he was also on Simi Sarah morning with Simis this morning and uh, he was asked about um, what his government and how his government will be different from John Horgan's take a listen
1: we were elected on an, on an election platform. And uh, I just want to underline that I'm committed to delivering on that platform. So that doesn't change. But issues and uh, and priorities and challenges have come up since that platform. And one of those is the issue, uh, really escalation of the issue around housing with uh, incredibly high rents and housing prices coming out of the pandemic and people with decent incomes uh, increasingly priced out of markets where they were the affordable markets before, you know, up the valley, all the way out to Chilliwack, for example. And so The need for the provincial government to be involved in delivering and facilitating the delivery of affordable and attainable middle-class housing that's actually affordable for people to rent and to buy is a remarkable thing, but we're going to do it. We're going to work with the private sector, we'll work with the nonprofit sector, and we'll work with city governments and the federal government to deliver that housing. And so that's an example of the the kind of shift that is necessary.
0: Joining me now to discuss uh, Mr. Eby's 100-day plan is Rob Shaw, who is a Czech News political correspondent. Rob, thank you for joining us today.
2: Thanks for having me on. Uh,
0: it's such an interesting, uh, well, uh, late last week, the last the 48 hours of Thursday and Friday were quite interesting uh, just to, to watch this entire uh, uh, event and leadership race play out. Uh, Mr. Eby has promised a 100-day plan, Uh, What are your thoughts uh, overall in regards to this action plan that's going to help deal with some of the the main issues for us here in British Columbia, particularly crime and housing?
2: Uh, Well, I think a lot of us were looking for a bit more from the plan. You know, uh, we were thinking it would be uh, an itemized list of steps that the new premier was planning on taking um, with, uh, you know, kind of goals in mind to accomplish during these 100 days. It was more of a table of contents of a book kind of uh, document where it's, it hit on the big issues like I mean obviously the big issues are crime um, you know the random assaults on the streets prolific offenders the health care crisis the overdose crisis climate change um, that those kind of things they're there but they're there in in top level form like you know David Eby commits to tackling the health care crisis um, and making significant investments what are they who knows so i i you know i i think for some sometimes we get these plans these first you know kind of plans from premiers and they're a series of steps that they're taking things they're going to kick into motion a review of taxes you know immediate relief here this is more of a vision document of where he wants to go over what appears to be two solid years because he also ruled out an election at the same press conference um so it looks like a longer vision document, maybe not an actual 100 days document. Uh,
0: in regards to the housing issue, uh, uh, he's going to have to move quickly and one would assume probably step on some toes here. Uh, by that, I mean municipalities and say this is the way the direction we're going. This is what you're going to have to do. It, it doesn't seem like he's A, the personality, and B, we're at that point with the public where they actually want to see some big, bold changes that actually can start fundamentally tackling this issue, even, even especially with the NDP five years into their mandate?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, the housing platform is the one platform we know. It was the one thing E.B. released in the leadership campaign before the whole thing turned into a disqualification mess. So we know that he plans to bigfoot municipalities aside in, in two major areas, and one is allowing secondary suites to be illegal across the province so a municipality can't, um, you know, hum and haw about that. And then the other is in urban areas like Metro Vancouver, automatically upzoning single-family lots to triplexes if you want to build one there. Uh, and that would remove the um, you know, power for municipalities to oppose that as well. So, And then there's the, the ominous threat of municipalities that don't meet their housing targets um, uh, suffering, quote, intervention uh, from the province. And I'm not entirely sure what that is, but it seems to be linked to funding uh, for local amenities and infrastructure and transit and that type of thing. So, yeah, he he plans on taking a real swing at municipalities in Metro Vancouver. Municipalities outside Metro Vancouver told him during a trip to the north recently, they're approving all the housing they can get. Um, the fight is in Metro Vancouver over red tape and delays and condo towers and shadows and visions and, you know, townhomes, and, and, and he uh, signaled that he's going to go in there and... Um, Move things along. Um, what relationship does that set with mayors who have a fresher mandate than him, uh, having just gone through a municipal election? I guess that will be the that will be the big question. Uh, he's he said he wants to work with them, but he certainly set the terms out on on how that work is going to be done.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, on the issue of crime, uh, uh, one would argue with mental health and addiction issues. This is a medium and long term uh, challenge, but. The uh, one thing I have heard is, you know, if you want to deal with this issue in the short term, more boots on the ground uh, are important, but that, once again, is a municipal decision. There's not much he can do here, can he? or is, Or do you think this is more dealing with process and procedure, dealing with the medium and long term?
2: I haven't really heard anything from him that is new, other than at the very beginning of the campaign talking about involuntarily detaining people who are overdosing, uh, repeatedly and who are prolific offenders to try and intervene in their lives. He, uh, in announcing his plan, took questions about this and said that the province can't force Crown prosecutors to do anything that doesn't match the law on prolific offenders. And he blamed Ottawa, again, which this NDP government has done for quite some time now, that Ottawa, and the criminal code, and the rules that they've brought in place and their bills have made this a problem. And his his action plan calls for him to advocate for change to Ottawa, When it comes to the bigger issues, and you've mentioned this, overhauling addictions treatment in B.C., which fundamentally doesn't work, overhauling mental health treatment in B.C., which is a mess, uh, fixing the health care and correction systems, there's a lot there that is not going to be done in 100 days. And it's mostly contained in the recent expert report that the province commissioned, which E.B. commissioned before he was running for leader. So I would expect he's going to follow that report pretty closely. And that report is enormously complicated and expensive, and there's no way any of that's getting done in, in 100 days. So I'm not sure what's new in his crime plan, but um, they're going to have to do something new because the current approach isn't working.
0: Hmm. Now, one of the other issues he's touched on is climate change, and and, and as many have uh, been speculating, uh, his one lone um, opponent in the leadership race is Anjuli Padurai. She, of course, was booted out of that race um, but many have said that she's signed up more people and many who think climate change should be a priority within that NDP family uh, have basically said they're quite disappointed in where the party has been in regards to TMX moving forward and, of course, LNG as well. It seems to me that Mr. Eby, while, you know, uh, you know uh, stretching his hands out to the climate change activists to, to get the BRAC offering and all the branches you said in your column, He's in, a, he's in a real tough position. There's no way he can stop the TMX pipeline, which he won't. He's not going to stop a $42 billion LNG project, the largest private sector investment in this province's history, in this country's history. What can he do to actually you know, uh, bring some of these uh, climate change activists and supporters or people who think we need to do more on climate change back into the NDP fold? He seems like he's got a real tough one there.
2: Yeah, it's a perpetual NDP puzzle between allowing jobs and some development of industry and then the uh, environment. He is much more of an environmentalist than John Horgan. Horgan was more of the brown hard hat wearing natural resource side of the NDP. So I think, you know, EB was asked at his press conference, well, are you going to oppose future LNG plants? And he danced around that. So the specifics, the only two specific things we know from this plan, one is a redirection of uh, what he calls subsidies for the oil and gas or fossil fuel sector towards environmental projects. And mainly in B.C., we don't have much of an oil sector, but we have a natural gas sector where we do things like give credits for deep oil wells or deep gas wells, fracking, um, that type of thing. The government did a review of those royalty credits and regimes recently. It's possible B.C. claws back more of that money and redirects it as, as something that he suggested. And the other is old growth where he has uh, uh, promised to accelerate the old growth protection vision. The government's in the middle of a really messy first nations rights issue on old growth. And I don't know how he accelerates that without lengthy consultation. Every move they make there requires lengthy consultation. Um, and nothing moves fast on the old growth file. So <laughs> I mean, it's certainly an olive branch, the environmental wing of the party, but holy, it is, um, it is complex and, and we haven't seen much of the specifics on what he, how he plans to pull that off.
0: Well, it's going to be a fascinating uh, a few months or next year or so as he starts to, at least working towards implementing some of these uh, big files and big issues. And uh, we will be watching closely as I know you will be as well. It'll be a lot of fun to cover, that's for sure. Rob, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it.
2: Okay, take care.